0: Hey icons, welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel, and I am so excited over the next month to really sink into how to bring more joy and love and harmony into your life and home through the holiday season. I'm gonna give you tactical tips and suggestions that you can apply into your life right away that will really allow more laughter, more joy, more excitement and pleasure through this holiday season. And I will say that all of this can be applied day in and day out. So let's open up a fresh new year, 2021, with a new perspective, a heart that is wide open, and that we are constantly looking for all the miracles and little joys in our everyday life. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, icons, this is a treat. This is a God-given moment that I am so grateful to share with you. A couple of reasons. Number one, the guest today is no other than Mr. Tim Story, who has been a mentor of mine, whether he knows that or not, for many years. And he is an acclaimed author and speaker and life coach. And if I may add to me, a very big spiritual facilitator in my life as well. He's just a gift. And also the first male guest on Becoming Iconic Podcast. And that wasn't on purpose, but this... is setting the bar high (laughs) for those to follow absolutely and tim has worked with entertainment legends pro athletes i mean he's been on oprah friends he is an exceptional human being and i know he just got back from the gym so he has literally run in to pour (laughs) into us today so tim welcome to the podcast thank you so much
1: what a Privilege. And I didn't know I was going to be the first male. I like this. You are. <laughs> I like being a trailblazer and a pioneer. <laughs>
0: yeah, you are. You are. And it's been long overdue. Uh, but this has really been a full circle moment. We were chatting just before we hit record here about how influential you've been in my life. And the first moment I felt like this, this gentleman, this human understands me. I felt so understood is when you were talking, I believe it was on Kayla Kraft's podcast. I'm not certain, about going through a divorce and having to come back from that and the moment where you felt people had a gotcha. And that really resonated to me because in that moment, that was exactly how I felt. And from there on, and I learned so many things through you. And the fact that you lead your life through God is is important to me. And I just want to thank you for your inspiration.
1: You're very, very welcome. So you want to talk about the divorce subject first?
0: What? Well, we could, we could just go deep.
1: Yeah. Let's <laughs> jump so right to- into that.
0: Let's jump think, into it.
1: I think number one, you know, I think one of the challenges of, of getting separated and divorced from anything, divorced from a business partner, you could get divorced from your parents. So divorce means divided force, divided force. So you had force with your best friend, or you had force with your parents or force with your brother or sister. And then something happens sometimes quickly or over a period of time that you divide the force. For me, the division of force was terrible because... The expectations of my marriage were quite high. I married into a really powerful family. That father was a very strong spiritual leader and was a consultant to both of the Bush presidents and um, my former wife, uh, you know, USC grad, then went on to be, get a master's and then went on to be a college professor. So, you know, the standard was high. So when it was not working and we went... Uh, for many, many years counseling to a phenomenal couple. And then it still didn't work. We had divorced, divided force. Now, this was the first time that little Timmy's story gave people something to really talk about because I had a pretty squeaky clean image. When I was in high school, I don't remember ever having one challenge with anybody. I was a good athlete. I was a good dancer. I was funny. And now it was like the guy, man, if he can't keep his own marriage, Mm. then how can he be this spiritual leader. So the feelings I had were shame, guilt. I felt like I'd been labeled Mm -hmm. as a less than. So that was a very difficult time in my life.
0: Yeah. I'd imagine, and and probably just to bring people to this point, and if they don't know your story, you were in seminary school. One of your mentors in your life was Mother Teresa. Yes. And so I imagine even that sort of Christian-based faith alongside of it also added fuel to the fire, which also I resonate with and, and can understand. And so how did you come back from something like that? How do you move through a moment in your life where there's guilt and shame and sorrow really into the next version? How do you, how do, you do it?
1: I think that, you know, first of all, I have to be fair to those that say negative things. I think sometimes that their expectations are so high of what they would think of somebody in a certain position. So, you know, I went to seminary. My doctorate is in world religion. Mm. But I became a boy wonder. I was 20 years of age speaking around the world. By the time I was 23, I was already speaking to, you know, 15,000 people at a time. At 26, 35,000 people. At 28, I spoke to 85,000 people in Sarabai, Indonesia. At 28, I was already speaking to the U.S. Congress on spiritual issues. So I was a bit of a boy wonder. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the expectation was high. And then when I did not fit into people's expectation of why can't he work through this, in all fairness to human beings, I think some were disappointed, but I think others kind of felt like gotcha because my my life looked pretty golden because I have a son who's amazing, a daughter who's amazing. And so I had the boy first, two years later I had the girl, you have the successful, beautiful wife. And then really buddy, you couldn't keep that together. Hmm. So the feelings I told you about the shame, the guilt, feeling blemished, tarnished, uh, took me a long time to get through. But had I known the the tools that I know now, I could have got through it in a better way. But back then I didn't have the tools uh, that, I, that I have today.
0: Yeah. What are those tools, Tim? I'd love to know. Well,
1: number one, if we're Christian people or even spiritual, Psalms 103 says that God does not treat you as your sins deserve. And so I wish I had really known that scripture because the word deserve means you did that, you deserve this, you did that, you deserve this. You didn't clean your room, you're on restriction. You stayed out too late, I'm gonna take away your phone. So it's tit for tat. But the Bible says that God does not treat you as your sins deserve. And then it goes on to say, for he knows your frame. The word frame means your structure, your makeup. Now, you got to understand, my father died when I was 10 years of age in a car accident. I never had a good role model of what a father and a husband was to do. Today, I know that. The high priest of the home, the father, is supposed to guide you, guard you, and govern you. Guide, direction, guard, protection, govern, administration. As a young, successful married guy, I didn't know all that. Was I kind to her? Yes. Was I great to my kids? Yes. But I didn't really have some of the tools that I needed. And then I learned about that scripture. And so I just refused to let people guilt me, shame me, because God's opinion of me makes man's opinion irrelevant. And that's Mm -hmm. what I took on. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. And someone right now in this moment, working through a divide, a discourse in their life, you know, sometimes when I, I remember hearing these things and being able to receive them, but also thinking, but you don't know, Tim, you don't know what it's like to be me or how yeah. hard this has been for me. And coming out of my own shame and guilt, which again, those those emotions were high in my body, I came out what you would describe as a clouded comeback. Yes, can you describe that? Because I believe a lot of people are in the cloudy comeback without realizing it.
1: I think most people are. So, you know, we have various areas of our life, our physical life, our mental life, the clarity of mind, our job, our finances, our family, our recreations, hobbies. So we have a lot of areas in our lives that, that many times have what I call a life interruption. A life interruption is a disturbance. And when you're hit by a life interruption, it could be COVID-19, life interruption, Something happens to your daughter. Something happens to your son. You find out something about your own health that you didn't know that you had. That's a life interruption. Now, what I have found that most people, when they have a life interruption, they sit in it. And the second thing they do is they settle in it. So they sit and they settle. And then from that position of like sitting and settling, you have a choice. Do I try to have what I call a core comeback, C-O-R-E, or do I have what I call a carnal comeback. Mm. A carnal comeback is I'm in the clouds, I've been hit, I got divorced, I got hit by illness, COVID-19. A carnal comeback says, watch my ego take me to the top again. Wait till they see me now. That's not good. That's pretty exhausting and it usually doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A core comeback is beautiful. Mm. A core comeback is number one, becoming awake, Number two, you take inventory. You go, oh man, I'm divorced and I have two kids. Or I just found out I have lupus or whatever the situation yeah. is. So number one, you become awake. Number two, you take inventory. Number three, and this is where you come in, Jen, is that you have to partner with power. Mm. Partner with people who know. Right. That they are strong and sometimes stronger than you in the area where you've had the setback.
0: Mm. It's true. And I think sometimes I, I, or you refer to it as the recovery zone versus the discovery zone. Yes. And, um, which speaks to me because there's so many times in our hurt or in the discourse that we find comfort in the people around us, the people who go, it's okay. Or, or, um, allow us to sit in what I call the victim mentality, where it's like, poor me versus the person that says, I see you, I understand you. And we need to get through this. What are we going to do about it? That we sense yes. every mentor, high mentor I've ever spoken to, they don't tell you you what to do. They grab your hand and they say, let's go together. Let's build this together.
1: Yeah, that's a better way, Jenna. As, you, as you're saying. So you brought it up, um, recovery and discovery. So as well as my life is going right now, there are still things that I'm recovering from. I'm recovering from things of my childhood, things of you know my past, even in the midst of a lot of success, I had things happen. So you're in the recovery zone, which is a mending, a healing, a restoration. So we're all going through recovery. Every single person watching right now is going through recovery in at least one area of your life. But if you're not careful, you'll get so caught up in recovery that you miss the discovery. You'll get so caught up in your pain that you miss the butterfly that just flew by. So I am a pro at making time for the discovery zone. Like already this morning, I've been listening to Stevie Wonder because he takes me there.
0: Oh yeah, me too. He's he's a good one.
1: As you're saying, you know, when you brought me on, I just came back from my trainer, literally and stepped right in here. And then next I have a I'm gonna shower, then I have a podcast with somebody else that you know. And then I go bam, 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 into some beautiful things. Now, in the midst of my discoveries and being Tim Story. I'm still having to deal with my recovery, but we can do it both. We can recover and discover at the same time.
0: Ooh, who is ready for the most prosperous and abundant year ahead? Can I get an amen? Because 2020, was wild, wasn't it? But here's what I do know about 2020. It really did create some clarity for us. It grounded us in what we want and who we want to be. And it also gave us some really valuable lessons that now, if we take all of these things and apply into 2021, we will create that life and business of our dreams Welcome to the Iconic Entrepreneur. This new program of mine is so juicy and good and I am so proud of it because it is simply a hybrid of incredible experiences for a year together and it will create six figure businesses. So if you are someone right now, that's feeling overwhelmed, uncertainty, you're feeling stagnant, but at the same time, there's this burn in your belly that, you know, you have the idea, the business that can hit six figures in 2021. This was designed for you. It is a hybrid of one-on-one coaching monthly where we sit in strategy and we really start to develop your skills and your gifts to make that massive impact that you deserve to have. Secondly, we have a monthly mastermind. This monthly mastermind is about creating camaraderie to build your network and to have like-minded individuals helping to promote what in fact it is you do and how you serve. It really will create a community of sisterhood. And lastly, this exceptional experience of being a live audience on the Becoming Iconic podcast, where you can rub shoulders and sit with these epic guests and ask them questions and ask for clarity and dig deeper on subjects you would like to learn more about. I wrapped all of this up in the most beautiful bow for you, and it is now open. It is literally first come, first serve. It will sell out, and I do have early bird pricing. So there's everything there in the invitation for you. It's just whether or not you are ready to step into the shoes and posture of the six figure business owner that you know you can be. Go visit jenspiegel.com. It's right there, the application form. Fill that out and let's connect. Let's see if this is a good fit for you and a good fit for me because I am very choosy about who gets in this program because we do spend a year together. This is about relationship. This is about mentorship. And this is about creating all of those dreams and desires on your heart. I look forward to working with you. so good. And it almost reminds me of the saying of just stop and smell the roses and celebrating all the little baby steps that we're making towards the progression of where we need to be. And that awareness, I think every day we almost need to remind ourselves, don't we? We wake up and just say, it's okay to be recovering for, through these things and working through these things, but let's like put our heads up and eyes open to the blessings all around us, which actually leads me beautifully. If you don't mind just segueing into your new book, you actually um, have the same birthday as my youngest son. So while you are hey. celebrating, <laughs> (laughs) We were celebrating with some ice cream cake. And the miracle mentality is a really juicy subject that I think a lot of people love the idea of, but don't necessarily know how to bring that in their life. And I think there's sometimes so much force or so much um, desire for the miracle. They're almost resisting them pouring in. That's at least been my experience. Tell me a little bit about this book, Tim. I'm really curious to know what it's all about.
1: So it's with HarperCollins. And here's what I found. 75 countries of the world I've been to. But when I go to countries, Jen, I really get immersed in the culture. Mm. I don't just come in as a person who lives in one country right. and do small things. I want to dialogue with people, see what's going on, uh, pay attention, do a lot of listening. And so, what I found in traveling to 75 to countries of the world is that people usually lived in these categories. Number one, the mundane. The mundane is the status quo, the regular almost like the dutiful life, right. the mundane. Now we all have to do mundane things. We have to throw out the trash. We have to go to the DMV when we don't feel like it. <laughs> There's a lot of mundane things we have to do, do dishes, et cetera, okay? Yeah. But most people get trapped in the mundane. And then the second thing I saw in traveling all these countries is that people get caught in what I call the messy, the disheveled, a messy relationship, a messy marriage, a messy mindset. Messy relationships with their kids, messy relationships with their siblings. And so the mundane, the messy. And then the third tier is one I see a lot, and that's the madness. Mm. The madness is that everything has now heightened. Right. The marriage is I don't even want to talk to the person. Mm -hmm. That's the madness of it. The madness of, I don't even like my job. I don't even like what's going on in my life. And I begin to interview a lot of people about the mundane, the messy, the, the madness, and asking people where they were coming from and how they felt. I did this for about two years. The fourth is the miraculous. So the miraculous is simple. It means extraordinary, uncommon, not normal, not regular. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if you are so caught up in the mundane, the messy, and the madness, that you don't make room that's right. Or the miraculous. That's right.
0: So as you're talking, I'm just, I'm thinking about, I've actually been in all of those positions. I think we all have, if we're honest, how does someone right now in one of those categories that are thinking to themselves, oh my goodness, Tim, that's me. I'm in the mundane. I'm just going through life and just sitting in this hamster wheel of doing the same thing over and over. How do they snap out of it to move into the miraculous? What what can they do?
1: I've got a very easy answer for you. Oh, good. You (laughs) got to look, you got to look for the spark. Mm. Little kids look for the spark. Um, When most little kids wake up, they're thinking, give me some cereal and let me watch what I like to watch or let me play the games I want to play. So watch how interesting this is because you have children. Many times little kids say, "Uh, mom, I want to play. No, 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 no. You got to eat your food first. Right. Okay. Then can I play? Yes. "Uh, Mom, I want to play. No, you got to do your homework. But then can I play? So they're looking for the spark. Yeah. I find that many times as people get older, they quit looking for the the spark and the, the miracle the extraordinary the supernatural the thing that's beyond is in the spark it could be the spark of a great conversation you didn't expect to have
0: yeah
1: okay the the spark of seeing just amazing things in the atmosphere of a sunset that you didn't know was gonna be that beautiful. So in the mundane, in the messy, in the madness, you really have to start paying attention and look up and behold and start looking for the spark.
0: Ah. And that you're right. It is simplistic because that's just intention, intention to look up. And you, I know you're a huge music fan and I am too. I was brought up by a musician. So Stevie wonder, I mean, I have records upon records, so you've worked with these guys and I would suggest to, or I'd love to know your suggestion is what do you think even about music As simple as turning on a great album in that messy, mundane madness and moving your body. Could it even be as simple as that?
1: Yes. I'll tell you a cool story. And you know, that is my life. So Stevie wonder is my friend of 22 years. Wow. When he got his NAACP Lifetime Achievement Award, I went with him. I sat right with him. Ah. Smokey Robinson, when we started our church, he uh, came for the grand opening and performed. That's my brother. Mm. I was in the studio with Kanye West for maybe six years. And uh, one day we were working on this song called Stronger. Whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And I remember as we were sitting in there, Justin Timberlake came in and he was listening. And then Pharrell Williams came in and said, you know, he calls him yay, as in Y-E. Yay. If I was you, I'd change this. And then uh, Timberland came in and changed that. And then Def Punk came in and changed this. And so I saw a beat go from a regular beat the beat of whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And as these brilliant minds came in and Kanye allowed them to speak their brilliant ideas on this song, I watched something go from mundane to miraculous, like truly. Like I remember I was in Paris and I was in the back of an Uber and all of a sudden I hear this song, you know, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And I just smiled because I remember I was there at the beginning, at the inception of it, when it was just starting and it was just had a lot of potential. Right. I think so many of you watching right now, you have so much potential, but you need creatives in your life that would pull out that potential and take it into the miraculous.
0: Mm, That's the truth. I just did an interview actually with Yahoo finance yesterday about female entrepreneurs and the PR agent said, I'm so passionate about this because I firmly believe every single person needs a coach, whether it's a business coach or a life coach, every person going into 2021 needs one. It's almost essential. And actually we, we could talk about that quickly, but at the same time, put some emphasis on it, that you are now building life coaches Yes. Oh, Tim, I, I am so excited to hear this because I am a certified life coach, but I went through a more of like a formal classroom type setting to get that certification. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to say to anybody listening, if this has ever been a thought, if you've ever thought to yourself, Oh, I think I could do that. Or I'd like to do that. I just want to say from sheer experience, go to Tim, go to someone who is doing it, has done it successfully and will teach you the skills, and walk you through real life examples to become an exceptional life coach. I didn't necessarily get that through the classroom setting. And so I'm excited for this. Tell me a little bit more. I'd love people to learn about it.
1: No, thanks for that. I think number one is that it's very important that if you're going to start playing tennis, that you really learn from the beginning, how to hold the racket, how to grip the racket, how to swing through the ball. I'm a tennis player. If you're gonna play golf, it's good to learn the proper grip, how to hit your shots correctly. Otherwise, you will play those sports for maybe 20, 30 years and do them incorrectly. Many times you'll injure yourself because the way you're swinging or hitting the ball. And I find that the same in the area of life coaching. Mm -hmm. So I was just gonna stay quiet because I looked at other people like John Maxwell, who's a friend of mine that was doing it and I thought, you know, let those guys do it. But by popular demand over the last many years, so many people saying, Tim, why don't you do your own? Because you really know how to break things down in a very systematic, simple way that we can grasp. And then you share your secrets on how you do it. So we have compiled a seven week course that you take online. Great. And then the beautiful thing is quarterly, I meet with all my coaches, Mm. online, answer the questions that they're having, teach them how to monetize if they want to monetize, but this doesn't just stop. It continues. Mm. So the online coaching you for the same price that you bought the program lasts at least two years. Wow. And that's, that's unheard of, right?
0: That's extremely generous. Yes.
1: And that's because I'm a servant, you know, that's my background. I'm a humanitarian. And so you know, it's awesome because we had 114 people on a call recently, and 81 of the 114 said, I'm interested in the program. Yeah. So those are very high numbers. And so the reason I think it's so successful and so many people want to do it is because I did not think that me studying so much and having now about 3,000 pages of notes on life coaching. Uh, using seven psychologists and one psychiatrist to help create it all would make me the life coach to the stars would put me next to Oprah Winfrey on so many projects and other projects we have coming up would take me on tour with Steve Harvey would put me on his show every Monday would have me life coach some of the greatest minds in the world. I didn't see that coming. So for you that, you know, take this course, who knows where it takes you, but we're all leaders. We're all coaches, whether you're coaching your kids if you're a teacher, a school teacher, if you're running a company, it's worth it to invest in yourself so I can draw a deeper measure of strength in this area that i become good
0: at. 100%. That sounds exceptional and I'm interested. So let's chat. Where could people go and find that on the TimStory.com website?
1: Yeah. So just okay. simple. It's TimStory and story is S-T-O-R-E-Y and you'll put it down there. I will.com. .com. But this is about servanthood. Yeah. Like Jen, you know this, I, I work a lot in humanitarian. I work in prison reform. I work with the elderly uh, for elder abuse with my good friend, Kerry Kasem. I do a lot in the area of addiction. So I'm a humanitarian. And, and so I see this as another way that we can uh, become better at serving human beings. And if you end up turning it into a business and doing phenomenal, then so be it, but let our motives be first to help people's lives.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for that. I am so confident that's what they'll receive through you. And being someone who's very passionate about leadership, so personal leadership and leading others, I would almost suggest, if I could be so bold, that someone should it's almost a necessity to take a life coaching sort of course or program, because when you're dealing with other people at whatever capacity you mentioned, even parenting relationships, or maybe you're running a big business, maybe you're a teacher, there's always a level of leadership. And when you are more aware of how people work and how to work with them, it's just going to elevate everything. Yes.
1: Yeah. I'll just give you one little tidbit. Like a lot of times when people are talking to others, they, they, they do it in a way that is like the same every time. And the reason it doesn't work every time, because if I was to go walk into Fox to pitch them a show with a celebrity, you have to understand the climate and the culture, the climate and the culture. Climate is, if it's early in the morning, most people are tired, so the pitch is gonna go different. If it's after lunch, they're usually laid back and you kind of got them. If you're ever going to pitch a show, do it after lunchtime. Oh, good good tip. (laughs) People are more open. Okay, so if somebody's daughter's having problems and they bring in Tim's story, like let's say it's a very famous person. This happens like every week of my life. I bet. And I I walk in and I see the daughter like this. The climate is icy because they're thinking, oh, great. Now they brought in Mr. Famous to try to fix me. Right. So there's a climate and there's a culture. And I have become a, a pro and within moments... Getting a person to go from here to here. I'm going to teach you those tips Mm. because you can do it with a classroom, with your children, when you're pitching a project, this could make you millions of dollars. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's the truth. So here's, this leads me to like a really good question. I wanted to ask you this. It's flowing so beautifully, this conversation, Tim. Thank you. So many people I know who even approach me, they want it, but they see you know, they come in at the after, they didn't see the before. So they don't know Tim's story before they're just seeing Tim's story after. And they go, well, that's nice for you, Tim, you're making millions, but why would I be able to do that? Most of my audience are entrepreneurs. What would be your comment, suggestion to someone who is, you know, saying, I don't think that's for me, or I don't know if I could, because you've gone from seminary to Oprah. So you, the before Tim, I don't think he necessarily saw the Oprah in his
1: future. Seven companies as well.
0: (laughs) Seven companies. I mean, this is incredible. So what, what gift of belief could you give someone sitting here right now at the edge of her seat, which was me, 2019, who wanted to work with you. And I didn't capture that opportunity at that time. What, what would you have said to me in 2019 to make me go for it?
1: Number one, Jen, you got to look at somebody's background and, and how you, he, you became Jen. Like, what did you dream about when you were a senior in high school? Mm-hmm. And then what action steps did you take towards your dream? Right. What life interruptions did you have to go through? So I really have to do a proper assessment of where Jen came from. And then I have to look at Jen's victories that she's had. It's like a, a biblical story when David faces a giant, Mm. And then he he thinks to himself, hey, I killed a lion, I killed a bear and I could take down this giant. So if I was coaching you, Jen, I'd look at what lions, what bears, and then we would prepare for the giants. Yes. Because like, if I could coach you just for a minute, what I feel coming out of you, because I watched some of your interviews to prepare for this, that I think you are just getting into like a beautiful flow that's going to lead to some amazing places. Part of it is your personality, your care, your concern for people, but also you're very educated on the subject that you are focusing on. So now if I was coaching you, I would say, Jen, we got to make room for the big. I got to, I got to get you to become Oprah ready. Yeah. So Oprah ready is when you get interviewed by Oprah, she is a walking library. So you, you want to get to that point where you are getting ready for the big. And so that's that's what you're doing right now. You're getting ready for the big. So everything you want to do is uncommon. Uncommon thinking, uncommon dreaming, uncommon friends, uncommon partners, uncommon education, bam, 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 bam.
0: Thank you. I received that. And you're right. You see, you see me. So thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to understand me too, because that says a lot about your character. And so I have, I want to turn it to the spiritual a little bit, if I could, because you really are an incredible facilitator of that. And there's two, two burning questions I had coming into this as I was in prayer this morning, thinking of you. And the first thing is what's your opinion on the way we are speaking about God in the world today. So part of me, this is an internal thing, I, a dialogue I have. So I'd love to hear your opinion. Part of me wishes we proclaimed God's name a little bit more. The mm-hmm. other part of me is so happy that we've embraced this idea of whatever you want to call him or it, at least we are speaking about the spiritual world. What? Okay. What's your opinion on that?
1: Well, I, I think that, you know, the idea of, of God, I think, Innately, most people feel like there's something supreme or bigger than themselves, innately, even as they grow up as a child. And then what happens to them is that little children, they become educated, educated to this is our faith. So it could be you're in a different part of the world. So you become part of this religion, this sect, this group, or maybe your parents have been hurt by religion. So it's like we are not in religion. Right. But I think that truly that we are made in the image of God. And so we have God-like qualities. A, a godlike quality is beyond. Beyond means outside the limit, outside the boundaries. So, this is very powerful. I think inside of us, we wanna forgive people beyond. We wanna love beyond. We wanna do beyond. We wanna execute beyond. It's just in us. And so, that's the godlike quality because we're made in his image. Now, so you have to really think to yourself how was I then educated about this god of beyond? And what labels were put on this God of beyond that now maybe I have limited beliefs and expectations based on how I was educated. So what I like people to do is I say to them, stop, look, and listen. Slow down in your life, go into times of meditation, and say to God, reveal yourself to me. Because maybe the way people said you were is not the way you are. Uh, reveal yourself to me. And this is what I've done with so many people. Oh my goodness. And the stories that come back and they say like, I feel like I touched God for myself. (laughs) It wasn't the religion of my grandparents or my mother or the lack of religion of someone else. But I really feel like I touched a loving, caring, giving, merciful God. Thank you. That's beautiful.
0: And that's definitely been my heart and my experience is this relationship and bringing it into relationship versus this idea of something big that's beyond us that sometimes is so overwhelming. It's hard to, in our humanness, it's hard to understand. So thank you. I'd love to know something if I could ask you this question is, if you could sit down with God In this moment today and have a conversation, what would be some of the questions you would ask him or what do you think he would say to you? Because this is a pretty profound time in our world and in our lives. And I think um, I'm always curious about what he must think and what he would say. What do you think he would say?
1: So I I feel number one, that's a great question. So when I was little, I used to think that life was black and white, but now I've found that a lot of life is very gray. Yeah. And in, in my world, because of what I do, I have a good friend who's in prison for something that he feels like he did not do. I have a friend two days ago that had a massive heart attack. I have people that have, that are my buddies that have COVID. I have people that have lost almost everything because of COVID-19. And, and a lot of them will come to me and say, okay, where is God in this? So again, when I was younger, I thought it was either black or white. But now I'm seeing a lot of life is gray. But I also have found that grace fills in the gray. The gray area is why did my daughter have to be born with asthma and have asthma attacks? Right. Why did I have to be molested? Why did this have to happen? I really believe that while we're on earth, that the answers that we get are only usually part of the answer. It's only part of the answer. I think, I think life remains gray in so many ways. I think at times we get revelation, illumination, or as Oprah says, an aha moment. So I think that what we have to do is we have to say that even in the midst of life, not just being black and white, but it's gray, and I don't understand, that I'm still going to trust God as my father. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The word want means have anxious desire. Mm -hmm. So The Lord is my shepherd, I will not have anxious desire. So what I'm saying to God as my shepherd, as I said earlier in the program, God guide me, guard me, and govern me. And God just put mercy on my life because I need it. Put mercy on this world because we need it. Okay, so, but last thing, where's God, Tim Story? I think we're God's hands extended. I think that we are his children and that we need to extend our Godlike qualities and help the hurting and heal the sick and have compassion and have shows like you are doing now. That's you. You're God's hands extended. You are helping to build people to a better
0: place. Mm. Thank you, Tim. My pastor actually last Sunday was uh, said the exact same thing. He said, it doesn't matter who's leading necessarily because what really matters in our life is how we show up every single day, how we treat people, how we show love and care and generosity, the people around us, because if we all just paid attention to that and focused in, I think the ripple effect of that would be so magnificent and beautiful. And to me, the intention of what this is all about. Yes. Uh, Tim, I could talk your ear off. I really could. I could sit here and ask you question after question. And I know you have um, a lot of people who are, you know, needing you loving the time with you today and I want to give you the space to do that with everybody else and just thank you and honor you for being here and I end every episode with a question and I would love to hear Tim's story's answer and that is how is Tim going to be iconic today
1: number one I love that word iconic Mm. I think that truly that when you get into your daily disciplines that you step into the iconic Yes. So I'm a I'm a big fan of this, the law of the harvest. You plow the ground, you plant the seed, you water the seed, and you reap the harvest. So I woke up early, I studied, I prayed, did my devotional, gone to the gym. Now talking to you, so I'm plowing, I'm planting, a water, and I'm gonna reap some iconic today.
0: Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are.
1: Plant iconic you rape iconic.
0: Well, it's so interesting you say that because that was really the tug and the guidance to name this becoming iconic because the word made me a little uncomfortable. It's like, well, who am I to say iconic? Who am I? Beyonce's iconic, you know? And then I thought, no, it's, it's in how we show up every single day. Like you said, planting the seeds, Looking after the the harvest that creates that iconic maybe public thing that people get to see or may not even see it maybe you're iconic within your own home and so I really appreciate that answer because that felt really in alignment. My yeah, and, cheeks and, and hurt that, from smiling so much.
1: Add to what you're saying, the 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 iconic starts in the spirit and it starts in the mind and then what happens you begin to manifest iconic things. So any brilliant person that I work with it was here and here Mm -hmm. and then the manifestation came as you teach
0: that's right that's right that's him Thank you. Thank you for being a voice in this world that we all need for being the gentle, kind, but confident person that I get to look up to and receive from every single day. Just thank you for continuing to show up because I know in your life, there may be a temptation to, you know, just enjoy this beautiful experience you've created, but I want you to know how much it means to me that you continue to show up and level up and grow because we need more Tim story in this world. We do
1: and thank you very much and I mean that
0: thank you thank you so much for being here I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast it is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you and thank you for those five star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments it means so much and the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back the other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there, make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you. And I just want you to make it a great day.